When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. Our first child, our daughter, was three when my middle son was born. I admit we were largely cruising along. She was just an insanely good baby. Slept through the night at seven weeks old, but really came home from the hospital doing these amazing four-hour sleep stretches that had us believing that we were like baby experts and not realizing that we had just gotten lucky. Then our eldest son was born. He came home from the hospital sleeping 45-minute stretches. He was crankier. He cried more, all of it. I remember being such a walking zombie It was the first time in my life that I understood how it was possible for a parent to leave a child in a car. I never did, thank God, but I truly remember this one time getting my daughter out of her car seat and being like, oh yeah, there's a second one. And he's like sleeping quietly. I have to remember to take him. I was so out of it. And then my mom just started showing up at my house. She had come over a lot after I had my daughter too, but Something unspoken happened after I had my son. She realized I needed her and she started coming every single morning. We made her a key and she'd let herself in. She'd get my daughter ready for school or take my son for a walk so I could sleep. At the same time, my in-laws were super involved as well. My mother-in-law would have a standing weekly date to take my daughter to a Hebrew music class. She'd take her to the park. They would do stuff together. Also, my brother was single and my husband's sister was single and they would babysit all the time. All of this to say that I had a large amount of family help with my kids and I kind of don't understand any other way. When my brother had his kids, I babysat for them. If we hadn't moved from New York to Florida, that would probably be a regular thing. My mom now helps my brother every day, and she wouldn't trade it for anything. My kids know that I consider it a top priority for them to get married and have kids. 
And I'm committed to helping with those kids the same way that my mother and my in-laws did for me. I say all of this because the fabulous Jane Ridley, who I got to know when she was at the New York Post, has a piece up at Business Insider about how millennials want their parents to help with their kids, but the parents don't want to. And this piece is making a splash online. People are arguing you know, who's right and who's wrong here. Jane shares the story of one grandmother, Marjorie Hirschberg, who told her daughter and then told the media that she didn't want to help anymore. In the piece, Jane quotes Hirschberg as being concerned because the grandchildren, quote, thought she had two separate homes, mine and her parents, said Hirschberg, who had set up a room for two of the grandchildren in her house. Her verdict to stop watching the kids, she said, was prompted by one of the grandchildren saying, let's go to mommy's house as opposed to let's go to my house. It's just insane. My kids have a room at their grandparents' house. It has a bed for each of them, toys, books. It's a place of safety and comfort. It's wild to me that a grandparent somehow wouldn't want that. Look, as a Generation Xer, I'm very quick to think millennials or Gen Z are spoiled and wrong about almost everything. But I get the argument that grandparents should be involved in the lives of their grandchildren. No one is saying stop living. I assure anyone listening that my in-laws have a much more active social life than you do. They go out with their friends all the time. They travel a lot. My father-in-law still works full-time, but they love being with their grandkids and their grandkids love being with them. We've created the kind of world where I don't have to say to my kids, now go give grandma a hug because they run straight into their arms. I read a lot of stories like this, and I wish people would ask themselves, what's the point? What's the point of my life if not to spend it with my family? Again, that doesn't mean you can't do other things, but if your grandchild being extremely comfortable in your home makes you uncomfortable, that's just bizarre. Family is everything, and if you're lucky enough to have a good one, it's just crazy to me that you wouldn't do everything possible to maintain that closeness. Coming up next, an interview with Kennedy. Join us after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more. 
with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is the amazing Kennedy, one of the hosts of Fox News Saturday Night and the podcast Kennedy Saves the World. Thanks so much for being on, Kennedy. Carol, I will go anywhere and talk anytime <laughs> with you. Well, so first of all, I was watching Fox News Saturday night, and I don't understand how you play fake news or Florida without me. That game is my life. <laughs> if you were in New York, you could have been one of our panelists. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You would have, and you might have been a ringer. Like, you might have done so well that it would have shamed everyone else. I was surprised how well Charlie Gasparino did. Oh, he was really he, he good. He ran the table. Yeah, I think I only got one of them wrong. So yeah, I think I would have won. And that's why you didn't want to have me on. I, I get it. You know, maybe you and Charlie could have a head to head next time. <laughs> so I would say that you're probably the most famous libertarian around. Is that accurate? You'd say? In the world? No. In the world. Yeah. Wait, no. who else is there? Whatever those like lists of libertarians we love comes out. I'm I'm like, what? Number 780. No, yeah, I, I can't even think of Ron Paul one. like 10 oh, times. Oh, Ron Paul. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Second to Ron Paul. Fine. <laughs> the Pauls don't count really. I mean, okay. Non-politician libertarians. Is no, that fair? there are a lot of very famous libertarians out there. And are there are a lot of libertarians because you know that libertarians have to, like, if, if, you are, if you claim to be a libertarian, there are a hundred libertarians pop up and go, actually, <laughs> actually, you're not. I heard you say this one thing one time. So you're a statist right. warmonger. You are, right. Yeah. I get that. So what do you think people misunderstand about being a libertarian? Well, it, it now means so many different things. So I've got a good friend who no longer calls herself a libertarian. She calls herself a classical liberal because she mm. feels like the term has been bastardized and, you know, people who claim to be libertarians have been marginalized in this uh, playpen of absurdity. And, you know, the people assume that libertarians just want everything to be like Pioneer Courthouse Square in Portland, Oregon. Right. They just want, you know, it's like drugs mm -hmm. and sexual assaults. And, you know, people I heard doing you love that. I, I, I can't get enough. <laughs> and just like, you know, feces everywhere mm -hmm. and squalor. Feces. And like that is somehow the libertarian yeah. ideal. And for me, that is not the ideal. It's actually a civil society where people have agreed upon rules mm -hmm. and there are also agreed upon punishment. So if you violate the rules, you know what you're up against, which, you know, it is an imbalance of punishment in places like 
Portland, which, you know, they've mm-hmm. taken these great cities, San Francisco, L.A., Seattle, Minneapolis, Portland, yeah. and they've just flushed them down the toilet. And, you know, I, I was talking to one economist who said that Portland committed suicide. And many of these choices mm-hmm. have been overt and leaders have gone, you know what? Yeah, let's encourage people to sleep literally anywhere. Let's stop arresting right. people for just about anything. Mm-hmm. And let's have this free for all so you can no longer have free association in what used to be one of the most livable cities in the country. Right. So I noticed you don't say New York though in that list. You feel I like- just I was I was sticking out west, but yeah. New York uh-huh. New York has its own set of problems. New York is such a big place. Yeah. And um, it's not impossible to govern, but it just has not been governed well. And to Mayor Adams' credit, I think half the time he really does try. I right. think that he really is plagued by frustration. I think that he's, you know, phenomenally better than Bill de Blasio. Oh, yeah. But he's... Can't uh, be he, worse, so... <laughs> no. Uh, but de Blasio really did more to harm the city than mm-hmm. any mayor I have seen since I have lived here. I haven't lived here as long as you have, but... I first moved here in um, the fall of 1992 and mm-hmm. have seen, you know, various iterations and evolutions of the city. And uh, Bill de Blasio put the city in such a downward spiral yeah. that it's impossible to recover from in one mayoral term. I feel like a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't I leave New York sooner? And my answer to that is always like things were so good for so long that we almost expected to coast with de Blasio. And we did for a little while. His first term was a lot of coasting on previous, you know, accomplishments of, you know, the the Bloomberg and the Giuliani eras. But eventually we that ran out of steam and his actual governance started to take hold and I had to go. Um, But, you know, I I root for New York to come back. I think Mayor Adams is infinitely better than de Blasio. I think he's, he can't really do what he wants to do in a lot of ways um, or say what he wants to say, which is a problem, but you know, better, better than the last guy for sure. Yeah. And there's a natural power struggle between Albany and New York city Mm -hmm. um, because the governor of New York wants to be the boss of New York City, but New York State wouldn't be New York State without New York City right. and its tax base. Mm-hmm. And so there you've got these two powerful figures who are always at odds with each other. But I think Kathy Hochul is one of the most incompetent governors in the country. I think she is absolutely awful on just about everything. Oh, I and agree. <laughs> I'm really bummed that mm-hmm. she won outright. Yeah. It, it, uh, It's sad that New Yorkers don't demand more from their leaders and with their votes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So a question that I ask all of my guests is, what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America? And do you think it's solvable? The the biggest problem is, it's kind of broad, but it is the encroachment of government into all aspects of our lives. Because when government becomes so big and so powerful, when they have so much money, when we are beholden to them with our tax dollars, they do have much more say over what we do, how Mm -hmm. we can start businesses, regulating businesses, how our kids can be educated, withholding choices from parents on how their kids can be educated. And then what that turns into is when you have kids who are educated by propagandists who are beholden Mm -hmm. to the statists, um, the, the statists need 
an entire generation of people to be dependent on government, to make government right. flourish. And so there, it, it fosters this climate of victimhood where, you know, kids are told that they are either victims or they are oppressors. Mm -hmm. But either way, they are at odds with each other. And the only thing that can break that cultural stalemate is government intervention. And, yeah. you know, it is created this vicious cycle that it's going to be very, very difficult to break free from. I do have hope. I, you know, I have two teenage girls. I talk to them. I talk to their friends. We talk about politics. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding, especially with some of the teenage boys that I talk to, that they are much more skeptical of government. Really? It, it's really funny because the only way to rebel nowadays yeah. It's it's not to be it's not to be trans, mm -hmm. you know, it's not to be non-binary, it's to be a Republican. <laughs> and so and a lot of teenage boys like all right. they want to do is mm -hmm. piss people off. And so they found the easiest way to do that is to be Smart. Republican. Yeah. I, I can't imagine any child of Kennedy's is gonna be status. So, you know, no, I told them I, my I, I told hope. my girls like then it's really funny that you say that because um you are from Russia. My mom is from Romania. Mm -hmm. And the only rule that I have, like, I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Democratic socialist. You may not be a communist in my house. Right. Like, if, if you can back yes. up whatever you say and whatever you believe mm -hmm. with facts, with data, with statistics, that's fine. We can have a discussion. We can have a rational discussion. I'll be skeptical of you. You can be skeptical of me. We'll find areas of agreement. You may not be a communist. If you are, yeah. if you're communistic, you may not live in my house. You may not take my stuff. I am, you are not entitled to anything I have. I love it. Yeah. So well, you got your start very famously as a VJ at MTV. Um, and you know, I, I feel like so many people just remember you being such a unique voice on there. Did you get a lot of like pushback from people? Were you, you know, a libertarian then? Were, you know, was everybody around you a communist? Um, I was a libertarian. There weren't a lot of communists. There, there were a lot of moderate Clinton Democrats mm. and they were really excited. And uh, they had a lot of momentum going into the 90s because I was hired at MTV in September of 1992. The election obviously was in November and the Clinton era began when my time at MTV began. So mm -hmm. you had a lot of people who were, you know, very pleased with being in the majority after 12 years of Reagan Bush. Yeah. And it was it was interesting because it was a little bit more politically charitable. I did get pushback, but being, you know, because I considered myself to be a Republican at the time because mm -hmm. I didn't have words for what it meant to be a libertarian. I didn't know what it meant to be right. a libertarian at that time. Um, but th there was more charity because I was seen as kind of this nutty unicorn. And then there was a character based on me on Murphy Brown, McGovern. And I was That's always awesome. I like, didn't know that. super, yeah, <laughs> I was always super embarrassed by that. But now mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, you know, I wish I had embraced that more. I wish I had pushed back a little bit more. Um, but I did talk about politics. I, I mm -hmm. did go on CNBC because Fox News wasn't around yet when I was there. And I would go on shows and I would argue with people. And it was a fun time, but there was definitely more curiosity for the other side. Yeah. And that doesn't happen now. Like if there were any kind of right. MTV reunion, they would never have me back because I represent, you know, conservative media. Hmm. And I'm like, guess what? 
the, the people that I was partying with and talking to and playing videos for in my 20s, a lot of them are libertarians now. A lot of them right. are conservatives now. And they've got families and they've got businesses and they live through the pandemic. And they are some of the most skeptical people on the planet. And that's yeah. who I get to talk to every single day. Like, right. I didn't change. I didn't have to change. Yes. You know, I can, I can speak the truth. And I can, and even if you don't believe what I believe, I can at least back it up with some evidence. That's right. And I mean, I think you're one of the better known people, you know, from all of MTV, really. I, I don't know that they wouldn't have you on would be crazy because I think that, you know, you'd be definitely, you know, you're the most famous libertarian plus top three MTV VJs, I think, of all time that people would, you know, be able to name. We're going to take a quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Is it weird living a public life, being recognized? It's funny like because I I have been on TV for a majority of my life. So I'm 51 now. I've been on TV since I was 20. Um, and then when I was on MTV, it, it, it was such a different time because my old boss, Andy, has explained this so well. Um, it was like opening up your laptop and there was no Facebook there was mm -hmm. no safari. It just went right, right to MTV. <laughs> That's all there was. Yes. And, you know, we had a cultural monopoly and mm -hmm. didn't really appreciate it. And, and, you know, every once in a while, the music labels would talk about starting a channel and, and things like that would pop up. 
but it it MTV still had the monopoly on everything until they stopped playing music and and really went into reality TV, which everyone else was doing at that time. And mm-hmm. so the audience share sort of dissipated pretty quickly. But at that time, it was just us. We didn't have social media, thank God, because I don't know what I would have posted in some <laughs> of my more impulsive moments. Mm-hmm. But it was, there was such hyper-focus. And so I just learned how to not look people in the eye. And I always wore hats. Mm-hmm. And so now media is so diffuse. Like there's so many media outlets and there's so many people. Right. Everyone has a podcast. Like yeah. everyone's got a show. So there are so mm-hmm. many outlets that no few people are are that famous anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I didn't realize at the time the people who were making news and music would turn out to be icons. Like, I didn't know, you know, obviously when Kurt Cobain was alive, that mm-hmm. the conversations that we had would mean so much to me later in life and that that would be the object of curiosity when I talk to people about my time at MTV later and it's it's bittersweet because I look back and it was such an incredible moment Mm -hmm. and we all had so much fun and we're really appreciating and living in every moment but I look back and and I know so many people who have died since then and you know some of them you know like Kurt Cobain like Chris Cornell uh they're really tragic. Mm-hmm. Scott Weiland. Right. Um, you know, and there are people that they're just no longer here. Like their story, their personal story ended. And so what gets created after that is myth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's weird. But also like I've been through so much. I've been through so many up and downs uh, personally and professionally that I was really able to, when I left MTV, kind of find myself Mm -hmm. um, and exist outside of a realm where I needed to be famous and needed uh, the outside, not attention, but um, adulation. Yeah. And, and the outside force of anything else. And I learned to create an identity that was mine and have never really left that. So it's like, if I weren't famous tomorrow, I would be fine with that. Right. You know, if my broadcast career goes on for another mm-hmm. 30 years, like I'm good with that too. Do you feel like you've made it? Um, I feel like every, every job I had since MTV, I felt like was a bonus round. And I say that because I knew so many people and they called it the curse of MTV. Um, th- so many people who were VJs who were really never heard from again. Right. And, you know, because there wasn't, a natural media outlet for so many people to go who had cycled through as VJs that, you know, other than music radio, people didn't really do much. And so that was, that was a a huge source of anxiety for me the whole time I was there. And it was always looming over me, like, what am I going to do after this? And it wasn't until I left and started living my own life that I was like, Oh, there's so much you can do. Right. And then anything else on top of that has been a giant bonus. And it's funny because I have been at Fox twice as long as I was at MTV. Wow. That's really amazing. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Yes. So 
I recently saw pictures of you and Kat Timpf on a safari trip in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that we get into, I mean, first of all, jealous, obviously, but that's a side note. Um, But something that I cover a lot on this show is making friends in adulthood, maintaining friendships when you have kids. How do you do it? How was the trip? Tell us everything. So the trip was great. Kat and I bonded when uh, her mom died a year before my father passed away. Mm. And she was one of the first people who reached out to me. And she reached out to me with humor, which I really appreciated because, you know, grief is, it's such a dynamic thing that, that sometimes it's really heavy and it just feels like you're wearing a lead vest and you're walking through cement. It's just, it's mm. very difficult to concentrate. It's, it's hard to do day-to-day tasks. And, you know, other days you have this energy and you don't know where it comes from and it kind of worries you, but what you don't do very much is laugh. Like you don't give yourself permission right. to laugh and people don't know how to laugh with you. They, they don't want to trivialize your grieving process, but someone who was fresh to the process, who was able to laugh with me, um, we, we bonded very deeply over that and have been friends ever since. And, you know, we have, we've traveled together. Uh, she came to Greece with me with her husband last year for my 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. And so, my swim coach is from South Africa and is putting together a safari business. And so he needed like two clients as a maiden voyage to go wow. through the entire process. And he asked if I had a friend I would like to go with. And so I called Kat and she was like, absolutely. Lion King is my favorite movie. I had been to <laughs> Africa. So I know like you have to jump in with both feet. Mm-hmm. And she did. And it was a magical trip from beginning to end where when you allow things to happen and you don't try to control them and yeah. you just take in your surroundings, that's when magical things really happen in your life. And from the moment we got there, we saw things that are so rare to see on safari. So the the wild dogs, they're called painted wolves. Mm-hmm. There are so few of them left in Africa. It is the most endangered carnivorous species wow. in sub-Saharan Africa. And they, their numbers are dwindling. They're phenomenal predators. They're absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. They, look, they do look like paintings. They look otherworldly. And they don't bark. They squeak. And so we saw this big pack wow. with lots of pups. And they're very efficient hunters. And then the next day, there are only five white lions that live in the wild in the world. And we saw three of them. That's, wow. And, and, so it, and then the next day, we saw a day-old elephant with its umbilical cord still attached. We saw a a leopard. Like, it's really difficult to see leopards in the wild. Mm -hmm. We saw a leopard that was three feet from us that had just killed an adult kudu, which is like a giant antelope, and it eaten half the carcass, and its belly (laughs) was the size of a medicine ball. And so this leopard was exhausted, and it was protecting its kill there are vultures mm. swirling overhead, signaling to other hunters that there's fresh prey here. Yeah. A hyena had already stolen the stomach. And so the leopard is fighting yeah. off the hyenas, the vultures, mm-hmm. and the worry of a lion pride coming through and trying to steal the kill because oh, a leopard can't fight a pride of lions. That is crazy. Was it like... But it was it one thing after another. We laughed so hard. We yeah. had so much fun. And the places that we went were just, they were magical beyond belief. But mm-hmm. part of the magic is it's not Disneyland. There are no walls. There right. are no cast members. Yeah. There were two male lions <laughs> that walked through the lawn at dinner. 
Yeah. And there's no fence between you and the lions. There's nothing. And then we walk outside the same night and there were two male Cape Buffalo and a third coming up behind them. And male Cape Buffalo who've left the herd are some of the most dangerous animals in Africa because they give you absolutely no warning. Mm -hmm. They gore you with their giant horns and then they crush you with the top of their head and then they stomp on you until your entrails. Yeah, it's but it's really interesting. Like, you don't react with your fear the way you think you would. Mm-hmm. You react by being very calm and very still and hyper observant. And it's amazing how quickly you get back in touch with senses that you don't use on a daily basis mm-hmm. in active city life. All right, I'm going. That's it. I have to. It's like, awesome. It's make a like the whole and go. trip. Absolutely right. <laughs> so end here with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So I just did a podcast, the Kennedy Saves the World podcast about cold showers. Mm. Uh, Cold showers, lots of scientific benefits. Yep. End every shower. I like hot baths. With it. Do a hot bath and then finish (laughs) with a cold shower. Um, And and just seal everything Mm -hmm. in. Get as much sleep as you possibly can. I'm a huge fan of meditation. Mm. There's no such thing as being good at meditation. Your mind will wander. You just have to come back to it. You you have to constantly come back to a meditative process, but it is one of the most helpful things that I have found. All right. I'm going to meditate and take a cold shower tonight, and I will think of you, Kennedy. Thank you. You get the best sleep. (laughs) I hope so. Thank you so much for coming on. Loved having you. Please come back another time. You are just the best. You are amazing, Carol, and I love reading what you write. I I love that you have a podcast now. I think iHeartRadio is a perfect home for you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you so much for having me. Thank you, Kennedy. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.